Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix started off as poorly as all the haters expected, but ended as incredibly as all the hype led us to believe that it would. J-Bone here, and today we're going to first discuss the Las Vegas Grand Prix's controversies and successes, and then finish things off by previewing this weekend's season finale Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Oh yeah, and also I'm apparently famous in the Netherlands now because I somehow appeared on some Dutch TV show called RTL Boulevard. Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix has an unsolvable problem. Vegas stond op zijn kop omdat... First things first, before we talk about why the Las Vegas Grand Prix was actually good, let's talk about the absolutely awful start that the Las Vegas Grand Prix got off to. I am, of course, referring to... Drain gate. Nine minutes into free practice one, Carlos Sainz had an incident that brought out a red flag, and not long after this red flag, it was announced that free practice one would not be resumed. It's over, closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. This shocked the world, as not only is it highly unusual to not resume a red flagged practice session that only ran for nine minutes, but also Practice sessions in Vegas were of the utmost importance last weekend as teams and drivers knew almost nothing at all about the circuit since it was new. But the real chaos began when it was announced why Carlos Sainz had an incident and thus why the session was being red flagged and not resumed. By design, Formula One cars create so much suction between themselves and the ground with what's called ground effect that a drain cover on the Las Vegas Strip straight got sucked out of the ground during FP1 and Carlos Sainz then ran over it and damaged his car so badly that he had to stop on track. Track crews then had to spend hours manually ensuring that each drain cover along the 6.2 kilometer circuit was secure before free practice two could take place. Free practice two was supposed to begin at midnight local time, which is already absurdly late for drivers, teams, and fans, but due to this delay, it was rescheduled for 2.30 a.m. local time, making it have the pretty much unbreakable record of being the latest Formula One session in F1 history, or earliest, depending on how you look at it. FB2 was also to be extended from one hour in length to an hour and a half in length to give teams more practice time, which would also give fans more of the show that they paid for, right? <laughs> right? Wrong. Fans who waited around until 2.30 a.m., we're told just before FP2 started that it's over, closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. FP2 was closed for in-person fans because of staffing issues due to the unforeseen delay, which, you know, stinks, but at least F1 would refund everyone who attended Thursday as they only got nine minutes of action for the price of a very expensive ticket, right? Right? Wrong. Instead, F1 offered $200 merch vouchers to Thursday-only attendees, not even three-day ticket holders, which, with F1 merch pricing, is not even enough for two shirts. That's why you should buy my Formula Bone merch, which is way less expensive, ships globally, and comes in a ton of designs, sizes, and colors like that Gotipi shirt. Link in the description. Additionally, F1 released the unintentionally funniest press release of all time about Gate that included the line, this is important for those who are new to racing to understand, which seems to be calling all of us dumb. Side note, I'm pretty upset that it was a drain cover and not a sewer grate that came loose so that we could have called it Great Gate instead of Drain Gate because Great Gate is an objectively better name, but it is what it is. Drain Gate may have ruined Thursday night for every F1 fan in attendance, but it ruined the entire weekend of someone else 
I think you already know where I'm going with this one. The worst penalty in Formula One history was just given to Ferrari's Carlos Sainz at the Las Vegas Grand Prix. In the Las Vegas Grand Prix's first practice session, Carlos Sainz ran over a loose drain cover on the Las Vegas Strip straight that annihilated the bottom of his Ferrari and caused irreparable damage to the car's survival cell, internal combustion engine, control electronics, and most importantly, energy store. I say most importantly here because Carlos Sainz was already on his last allocated energy store, and as the F1 rules are written, you have to take a massive 10-place grid penalty for the race if you use an energy store from outside your allocation. Because Sainz's energy store broke as a result of poor circuit preparation on the part of the event organizers, Ferrari were like, uh, and they appealed to the FIA, F1's governing body, for them to waive Carlos's 10-place grid penalty on account of this being a force majeure event where it was not Carlos's fault that his energy store broke, and thus he should not have to pay the heavy price of starting the race 10 spots lower than he qualified. Despite any kindergartner being able to see that it's completely unfair for Sainz to get a penalty here, the FIA decided that the penalty must be applied because the regulations don't allow them to make any exception due to highly unusual external circumstances, as they called it, and thus Carlos Sainz would receive that 10-place grid penalty in reality. The FIA did have the power to waive Sainz's penalty by way of the force majeure clause, which allows them to intervene in the case of a, quote, unpredictable, unpreventable, and external event, but the most likely reason they did not is because the FIA factor in what the result of an appeal would be when making their decisions, and they knew that if they waived Sainz's penalty, that decision would be appealed by Mercedes, who are currently in an extremely heated battle for P2 in the World Constructors' Championship with Ferrari. Mercedes had a pretty good chance of winning this appeal if it came down to it, because first off, the rules clearly state that if you use an energy store from outside your allocation, you get a 10-place grid penalty. But also, signs hit the drain cover under yellow flag conditions, so they could argue that he should have been looking out for a hazard at the time and that it was thus preventable. At the end of the day, rules are rules, but Carlos Sainz still got the worst penalty in F1 history because he got in a lot of trouble for something that was not his fault. All right, now that the bad stuff's out of the way, the Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix was actually good, and here's why. As I mentioned, the Las Vegas Grand Prix weekend started off less than ideal and was understandably getting a lot of hate from both those in attendance and those watching around the world after day one. However, once we got to the point where the racing could do all the talking, the Las Vegas Grand Prix lived up to the hype in a big way and ended up being arguably the best race of this Formula One season. Here's a list of all the reasons why the Las Vegas Grand Prix was actually good. For starters, Max Verstappen was overtaken on track during the race by Charles Leclerc, which I literally cannot remember the last time Max Verstappen was overtaken on track by anyone. We had a three-way battle for the win where none of us legitimately had any idea if Leclerc, Checo, or Max would win the race through the first 30 laps. The low-grip track surface made it so any driver could make a mistake at any time, which led to a ton of on-track drama and had all of us at the edge of our seat all race long while also fortunately ending with no major incidents. You had the two Alpine teammates fighting each other really hard on track for seemingly no reason other than they wanted to fight each other, which who doesn't love some good teammate drama? 
There's the fact that the Las Vegas Grand Prix had the most overtakes of any dry race this season with 82. There were insane recovery drives from Lance Stroll and Esteban Ocon, who both completed a ton of overtakes to make their way from the bottom of the grid to the top during the race. We finished with five different constructors in the top seven, which you love to see. There was also, of course, that unbelievable ending where Charles Leclerc passed Checo Perez to take P2 at literally the last overtaking opportunity of the racetrack, which I can't believe that exact scenario just happened to Checo two races in a row. And last but not least, there were just all the awesome, unreal visuals of F1 cars racing under the lights down the lit up Las Vegas strip and by that weird sphere thing with an awesome all Vegas fireworks show to cap it all off. What an unreal race. Shout out to my amazing longtime sponsor, Indeed, who is a huge, huge supporter of Formula Bone and is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Something that I love about Indeed and the reason I use it to hire is that it makes hiring all in one place so incredibly easy because Indeed's hiring platform is amazing and it matches you with quality candidates instantly. That's right away, folks, right away. Indeed is truly an unbelievably powerful hiring platform and it's also the number one source of hires in the US according to Talent Nest. Go right there to that and start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash phone. Offer only good for a limited time, so go do it, folks. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash phone. Just go to indeed.com slash phone and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, indeed.com slash phone. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Here's how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix. As a reminder, my first race prediction was that a driver not named Max Verstappen would win the Las Vegas Grand Prix. My second race prediction was that American driver Logan Sargent would finish in the top 10 in Vegas. And my third race prediction was that Charlotte Claire would finish on the podium in Vegas. Now, many, many people have been coming at me ever since the race ended to loudly point out that the only one of these that appears to have come true is the Charlotte Claire podium prediction. And while that is technically the case, I think what these people don't realize is that I actually misspoke. I 100% totally, totally meant to say that those were my Las Vegas Grand Prix qualifying predictions. And as you can plainly see, all three of them actually came true when you factor in that. So while yes, I will admit that I technically went one for three with my Las Vegas predictions. It's not hard to see that I actually went three for three. You also may remember that I predicted Las Vegas Grand Prix's top five finishers. My predictions were Carlos Sainz P5, Jacob Perez P4, Charles Leclerc P3, Max Verstappen P2, Lando Norris P1. And my five, four, three, two, one ended up six, three, two, one DNF. I did get three, two, one right, just in the wrong Spot. Anyways, enough about that. On to the next race. J-Bomb! It's time to preview this weekend's season finale, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. First up, here are some things you should know before you watch this weekend's Formula One Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. First up, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is the final race of the 2023 Formula One season, so make sure that you soak up all the F1 beauty while you still can, for we have no Formula One for three months. In case you're wondering, Formula One returns on leap day, Thursday, February 29th, with free practice one, and yes, I said Thursday, 
Bahrain is going full Vegas schedule and is a Saturday night race local time. Next up, drivers will be incredibly jet lagged for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Shout out to Joe Pompliano for this one. With just six days between Vegas and Abu Dhabi, drivers and teams have to travel 8,200 miles on a 19-hour flight and they will arrive in Abu Dhabi with a 12-hour time difference. Their sleep schedules have been adjusted for racing in Vegas around midnight, which is noon in Abu Dhabi, and they'll also be racing in Abu Dhabi at night, so they're entering the United Arab Emirates about as jet-lagged as is humanly possible. Additionally, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix will play host to an unreal battle for P4 in the World Drivers' Championship. The World Drivers' Championship podium is already locked in, as Max Verstappen, Checo Perez, and Lewis Hamilton have clinched first, second, and third place finishes, respectively. But the battle for fourth is absolutely wild right now. Just 12 points separate Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, and Charles Leclerc headed into Abu Dhabi, and with a potential maximum point differential of 26 points up for grabs, it is entirely possible that either of the four of them could finish in fourth place, which will be very fun to watch all race weekend long. I cannot wait. Next up, tens of millions of dollars are about to change hands in Formula One this weekend. Teams in Formula One don't make money on a per-race basis, but rather, they get paid from the Formula One prize pool after the season is over with the amount of money they're paid depending entirely on where they finish, 1 through 10, in the World Constructors' Championship standings. This weekend's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is the final race of the 2023 F1 season, and with a maximum point differential of 44 Constructors' Championship points still up for grabs, only two of Formula One's 10 teams have clinched their final spot in the World Constructors' Championship standings, Red Bull, who clinched P1, and Alpine, who clinched P6. This means the remaining eight teams will all be fighting tooth and nail in Abu Dhabi to either defend their current position or move on up the standings, as each spot you move up is worth over an estimated $10 million in prize money. The closest battle is also the highest stakes battle. That's the one between Mercedes and Ferrari for P2 in the World Constructors' Championship. Just four measly points separate these two juggernauts, and with Abu Dhabi's Yas Marina circuit setting up better for the Ferrari car, in my opinion, with its numerous straights, this battle should be incredibly close, and I cannot wait to watch it. Additionally, McLaren will be attempting to hold off Aston Martin for P4 in the World Constructors' Championship, with just 11 points separating them. With Lance Stroll coming off back-to-back -back P5 finishes and Fernando Alonso being Fernando Alonso, you simply cannot count out Aston Martin in this battle. Finally, it is anyone's game when it comes to P7 through P10 in the World Constructors' Championship. F1 is so close at the bottom right now that it is legitimately possible for Haas to have one great race, move three spots up the leaderboard, and then secure 30-plus million extra dollars in prize money. With all this very, very close Constructors' Championship drama, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is set up to be the most exciting race of 2023. As the Formula One season comes to an end, you need to start thinking about what you're going to keep on hand to remember Formula One by during the offseason, and nothing better serves that purpose than Formula Bone merch. You saw that GoTV design before? How about this? Ooh. Windless Racing. That's a great design. That's really good. Uh, ooh. Paint F1 team. How about that, huh? You a Sebastian Vettel fan? Danka Seb. My two favorite drivers, Fernando and Alonso. Oh, people love that one. 
All my merch ships globally and is available in a ton of sizes and colors. So go check out the Formula Bone merch shop at the link in the description and pinned comment now and get you some J-Bomb. Thank you. Now the moment you've all been waiting for here are my three bona fide race predictions for the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix that I'm about to go three for three on to close out the F1 season. My first race prediction is that McLaren will not finish on the podium for the second race in a row. As we've seen all season long, well, after they got good. The McLaren car excels at circuits where it's more about high-speed cornering than straight-line speed and low-speed cornering, and while Abu Dhabi does have a few high-speed cornering areas, I think McLaren will lose more time on straights and in low-speed corners in Abu Dhabi than they gain on the high-speed corners. My second race prediction is that Ferrari will outscore Mercedes by at least five points to secure second place in the World Constructors' Championship. I think Abu Dhabi, with its three straights, is set up well for the slippery Ferrari car and not so well for the draggy Mercedes, and thus I like Leclerc and Sainz to combine for at least five more points than Lewis and George to secure back-to-back -back P2 Constructors' Championship finishes for the Scuderia. My third race prediction is that Max Verstappen will win the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Hey, I'm trying to go three for three here, okay? So just let me have this one. Honorably, I only predicted this Max victory thing like three times all season. So I reserve the right to predict a Max Verstappen win for my final 2023 bona fide race prediction as I attempt to end this hard to predict season on a high note. Incredible. Don't add me. And finally today, here are my predictions for the top five finishers in the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with zero reasoning nor explanation. P5, Lewis Hamilton. P4, Carlos Sainz. P3, Checo Perez. P2, Charles Leclerc. P1, Max Verstappen. Subscribe now so that I can see you back here next week for my Abu Dhabi Grand Prix recap, where we'll digest the final race of the 2023 season together. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members at Rated Bookie, Glow, and Green Ghost. Also, a reminder to go hit up the Formula One shop via the link in the description or pinned comment, because my merch is dope, ships globally, and comes in a ton of sizes and colors. Until next time, folks, J-Bomb! Yep, that's me. J-Bone!